Star Wars 7x7 episode 1963. Today, it's a Mandalorian briefing. We're talking about the second episode from season one of The Mandalorian entitled The Child. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So yes, this is a full spoiler briefing on The Mandalorian Episode 2. And so if you have not seen it yet and don't want it spoiled for you, then save this for a later date. But if you are okay with me diving into the details, then let's do it. So I will say right at the outset that I seem to recall there being criticisms of some of the Marvel Netflix shows for for all intents and purposes, being too long. In other words, for each of their 13 episode seasons that they didn't have necessarily enough content where it made sense for it to be a 13 episode season, that it might have been better if they had compacted it into fewer episodes. And, you know, I'm starting to wonder if that isn't the case about The Mandalorian because this particular episode, there's not a lot of consequence that happens in it. And in all honesty, they... You probably didn't necessarily need this episode. Granted, I haven't seen the rest of the story arc. There are still six episodes to drop, and so maybe this is going to turn out to be a hugely important episode for multiple reasons. But for right now, there's only two particular things that happen in this episode that are of consequence and you know could possibly have been dealt with in different ways and you know maybe not even made this episode necessary. Now, that's not to say that I didn't enjoy the episode, because I did, and there is a lot to recommend it. Maybe it's just the switch from seeing a live-action television presentation versus seeing a live-action movie presentation. Maybe that's the way I'm approaching things, and that's why I'm kind of seeing it that way. But, you know, it did kind of put me in mind of that whole Marvel Netflix thing. So, let's talk about the two things of consequence that happen in this episode. First of all is the face-off with the Trandoshans. And, you know, even that happens a little bit strangely. The way to that compound where, let's say it, I'm saying it for the first time on the podcast, Baby Yoda, for lack of a better way of describing this particular character, the way to the compound was supposed to be impassable except by Blurg, and yet the Mandalorian is walking back with Baby Yoda in tow, so apparently it's not entirely unpassable except by Blurg. Apparently it can be done on foot. Anyway, it just takes longer. So as they are walking through a canyon, they are ambushed by a couple of Trandoshans. And that's not necessarily the thing of consequence that happens. The thing of consequence that happens is that there is a tracking fob on the ground after the Trandoshans have been disintegrated. So what's important about that is the fact that we know the IG-11 character found Baby Yoda and could only have done so via a tracking fob. He wasn't tracking um, our hero character, the Mandalorian, because if he was, then he would have gone directly to the Mandalorian and killed the Mandalorian to get him out of the way, right? So it stands to reason that the IG-11 unit had its own tracking fob to go find Baby Yoda. Now that another tracking fob has shown up, it seems like these Trandoshans were also sicked onto the trail of Baby Yoda. And so that raises the question, just how many bounty hunters are actually on the loose going after Baby Yoda 
And are they all being sent by Werner Herzog's mysterious The Client character? If so, does that just mean that the client is trying to get the best price possible because The Mandalorian is super expensive by all reports? Obviously, it's hard to say for sure at this point. But the fact that the rest of the episode takes place over the course of multiple days and no other bounty hunters show up suggests that maybe we've seen the last of the additional bounty hunters being dispatched, but it also seems to indicate that there should have been perhaps a little more urgency for the Mandalorian to make his way off planet. And when he arrives at the Razor Crest to find that it's being ransacked by Jawas, well, you can certainly understand his peak in deciding to disintegrate some Jawas, but they have been at it for a while. And the scene in which the Mandalorian takes on the Jawas on the Sandcrawler has elements of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Monty Python and the Holy Grail with the <laughs> Arthur and his knights storming the French castle, right? And even Return of the Jedi when the Mandalorian gets to reach in one of the windows and yank a Jawa out just like uh, Luke did on Java Sail Barge. So I will say that, you know, even though I'm saying this episode maybe wasn't necessary to advance the whole plot of The Mandalorian, well, it was worth it just based on that Sandcrawler assault alone. And him <laughs> getting up onto the top with all those Jawas pointing their <laughs> stun guns at him, hysterical, absolutely hysterical. So that was definitely worth the price of admission for me. And then there's the other thing of consequence that happens, which is Baby Yoda demonstrating that he, she, it has force powers. So, major. And it does raise a lot more questions about not only Baby Yoda, but about the species in general. At 50 years old, you know, this character is a baby and is making baby noises, like making Goo Goo Gaga type noises, right? So does not have any speech, at least that we know about. Carl Weathers gave an interview somewhere where he said that the character is very wise. This Baby Yoda character is very wise, which, you know, unless he's messing with us, which is entirely possible, it would seem to indicate that he is going to communicate, he, she, it is going to communicate and, you know, have things to say at some point down the line in this first season. How fast that's going to come, of course, is an open question, if it actually comes at all. But one thing is for certain that even at 50 years old, even as a baby, it is still strong enough in the force to stop a rhino-like creature in its path. And what's more, it does it to save the Mandalorian's life. So there is an awareness there. Maybe Baby Yoda has imprinted on the Mandalorian somehow. Maybe that's the explanation for why it decided to do that. Hard to say. And I've been trying to decide whether the effort put the baby into a coma or just knocked it unconscious and as or asleep. And I'm kind of leaning on the side of asleep at this point, like just made it so overwhelmingly tired that it passed out and then slept for a really long time. So I'm thinking not necessarily comatose, seemed to be moving around a little bit in its sleep. So thankfully it seems like it was not overtasked too much by the effort, not to a point where there's been any physical or irreparable harm as a result of the incident. So the Mandalorian gets the egg, the Jawas give the Mandalorian the parts to his ship back, and Nick Nolte's Ugnaught character helps the Mandalorian rebuild the ship for no other reason than he's brought peace to the valley, which is not a small thing to be sure, but 
Is peace really in the valley? Uh, hopefully so, because, I mean, Trandoshans and IG droids, they're still showing up, or at least they were, but maybe they'll stop showing up now that the Mandalorian is on his way back to whatever his unnamed home planet is where he is meeting up with the client, or at least his unknown bounty hunting guild headquarters planet, whatever that may be. There is one other thing I want to flag about the Mandalorian, which I will do after the break, stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So the Mandalorian, you know, based on what we've seen in movies and live action, Mandalorians in, you know, general, I guess, because we've only seen three of them, Jango Fett and Boba Fett, and now the Mandalorian, really bad in battle against large animals. I mean, it was only a matter of sheer luck that Jango Fett was able to get enough shots off at that, I think it was a reek, uh, in Attack of the Clones that he was able to kill it. But it was a near thing, and it you know, dragged him around, trampled him really good. Yeah, not not great. Uh, Boba Fett, I guess you can say that um, he didn't fare well against the Sarlacc, or he seems like he might not have, because his armor, at least what sounds like it was his armor, was found in a Jawa Sandcrawler after the events of Return of the Jedi. This is in the Aftermath novels. There is a character that's shown in a blink-and-you'll-miss-it moment in the first episode of The Mandalorian that may or may not be Boba Fett, or may or may not be somebody wearing Boba Fett's armor. It's a little bit hard to tell, and it's one of those things where I'm sure it's meant to stir up all sorts of chatter and commotion, so... Maybe there's something more to be learned about that. And now we have the Mandalorian, who in episode one had his hat handed to him by Blurgs, and in this episode nearly had his hat handed to him by this giant rhino-like creature, and would have if not for the timely intervention of Baby Yoda. So the Mandalorian weakness, not just the Mandalorian, but Mandalorians seemingly in general just not very good at all in fighting large creatures, which is a little bit surprising. I mean, they are warriors you know, and as Nick Nolte-Zugnot character noted, his ancestors conquered the great mythosaur, so, you know, blurgs and rhinos and reeks shouldn't be as much of a problem as they seem to be. And that is going to do it for my observations about the second episode of season one of The Mandalorian, and that's going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the force be with you wherever in the parsec you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.